Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, and today my co-host, Patty Marbury, and I are joined by not one, but two guests. With us in the flesh, we have Mara Hillier, who is the Executive Assistant to the Vice President of Finance. Thanks for being here, Mara. Thank you for having me. And via Skype, or Zoom, I should say, we have Community Manager for UBI, Jessica Rafter, all the way from Atlanta. Hey. Thanks for having me again. Good to have you. Um, Jessica has been with us before, and we will link her previous podcast um, in the show notes. But today we wanted to get these two together with us because we had had a little initial conversation about productivity and workflow tips. There's been a lot going on around about that here at UVA Finance because we're preparing for um, our big annual conference, UVA Forward. But in general, I'm sure in our audience, you've been working with how to be the most productive. You've had apps suggested to you. You've read books, had theories thrown at you. You've heard of bullet journaling. You maybe have a planner, you have your cell phone, and you're really not sure maybe which way is the best. And we're not definitely not going to propose to you one definitive answer today, but both Mara and Jessica had some really interesting ideas and about how they kept themselves organized that we thought it would be fun to have them in to talk about this today. Um, for a little background, Mara, tell us about what your day is like, what your work is like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can never really plan, um, and, and, and that's the interesting part, and I think that's what makes my day so enjoyable. Um, but at any given time, I can have anything flung at me. So. I do set out a skeleton of what I would like to have done during that day, um, but most of the day I'm just trying to. Um, it's I'm a mini air traffic controller. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What, it's I would say is what I. Yeah, am. as an executive assistant to a really busy VP who mm-hmm. has a pretty large portfolio, I'm sure your days are. You said it, it was what made your day, your job interesting, but also really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and so and I. It's what, what's really nice about the job is because you become this point person, and I've had to learn so much about finance in a short amount of time because, you know, with us, you know, one of our mottos is being that trusted financial partner, and we believe a lot in customer service and being able to get people where they need to be. Right. So. And you've got multiple people's schedules that you're working with Correct. to and fro. Correct. So, Mara was a person who is very organized, and I know from working with you that you have a focus on being healthy and well overall, so that was interesting to me. And then Jessica has um, some special challenges because not only are you remote, but you've got um, an interesting job that keeps you hopping as well. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about the kind of work that you do. Yeah, so the nature of my work consists of a few different levels, and that's why planning can be a little difficult at times. So I have time-bound projects that are longer, more strategic work, planning documents, which, um, you know, I hate to do because <laughs> it requires so much effort. It feels so permanent, um, which is another planning challenge. And then I have things that are maybe in a week, and then there's a component of my job that much like Mara isn't 
really predictable. You know, there are things that crop up, like if somebody needs a support, or there's, um, you know, a message that needs to be communicated more urgently, and I need to get those all out and balance them in my job since I interface with the main UBI team and then also responsible for you know, communicating out to everyone else. So it's about making sure my planning meets the needs of those two very distinct people while keeping me a sane, healthy individual because obviously I can't do my job if I am insane. <laughs> That's like, if there's like one takeaway from this whole podcast, <laughs> it's you can't do your job if you drive yourself insane. Um, yeah. And also, I think, especially Jessica, with you, um, I know when I work, when I we're lucky enough, I should back up and say to have a flexible enough work environment that if you need to work from home from time to time, those are things that we can definitely do. And Patty, I know you and I both have remarked upon when we work from home, sometimes it's harder to have boundaries and be done mm-hmm. and I just wonder Jessica with you if that's it would be tempting for me to be on more I think um it's, yeah it's true I mean I've had two and a half years to adjust to it so and it's my every day and so I'm a little bit better at it I think the challenge for me in planning is that my personal side of my life that's harder to get away from like I can't um you know, I can always see see the environment that that is, where sometimes a lot of us can go to work, compartmentalize, and do that. So I, the, the need to balance those two sides of my life are a little, I think, a little bit higher. Um, yeah. Just for me, and that, that's a personality thing. I don't, maybe then not everybody has to approach it like that, but for me, I have to be pretty strong in the way I balance those two things. Well, because you don't have a physical boundary of your workspace being different from your personal life right. space so. and if you happen exactly. to get up and, and go down the hall to the bathroom you can still you can see the laundry <laughs> right exactly yeah and I can see the dishes and the dogs still need to be let out you know and they look at me with their sad dog eyes and yeah know, we know how that goes I do know how that goes so one thing that I thought was cool um, when it, we were having some of these initial conversations about how we stay productive and how we organize ourselves so that that has a greater chance of happening is that, like I was talking about in the intro, there are lots of theories out there and there are lots of ways to keep yourself organized, but there is no one way that's the magic bullet and what works for one person might not work for another. And you might try some things that don't end up being a fit, but in the end you'll find one, I think Mara, you said this, you'll find one that feels natural Mm -hmm. to you. Did you experiment? Or are you still oh, experimenting? Well, I'm still experimenting, and um, but you know, here I'm going to age myself. I've been in the uh, workforce for over it's been 30 years, and I've seen the fax machine come on. I've seen computers come on. So back in the You've day, seen fax machines die, and I've seen goodness. fax machines die. <laughs> so and you know, it's a big business. The um, planner industry is oh, a big yeah. business, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in the bullet journaling and mm-hmm. stuff, and so I, I, I would say I've honestly tried it all. I, I tried to go electronic and all, and um, in the, one of the points I've tried to make to people is you've got to do what feels good. I mean, try it. If it feels good and it works for you, then you know, keep it and then and, and go with that. I do a combination of um, paper lists and then also electronic, like um, kind of. Trello boards and all to try to keep productive. I think one of the things though that people need to to be careful about is not to go down the rabbit hole and have many different 
things that you use to organize yourself that you have to keep up. Then you end up spending more time creating all these lists. Mm. So then you're less productive, you know, and doing more time planning or, you know, and, and doing this really pretty or, or looking for things. <laughs> right. right. But I would I would definitely say try it. One of the things um, that I find interesting is that um, I brought up my kids with the, the calendar whiteboard that we had in the kitchen. And the only time we did do dinner every night together. And that was the only time that we were all sitting around and we would all look up. I would let everybody, you know, get a couple mouthfuls in and then we'd be look at the board and we'd see the month at a glance and we could see who had football practice, who had exams coming up and all. And it's interesting to see to this day what my kids have taken from that. They're mm-hmm. millennials and um, I actually have them use, they're using combinations of paper and electronic. Mm-hmm. So it, and I learned from that. That's yeah. Like, and I think it's interesting, too, that I think whether you're using an app or your calendar or you said Trello or we have Office 365 and we use Planner, whatever it is that you're using, you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters. We could talk about channels and things that are mm-hmm. interesting and helpful. But whether it's paper or electronic, both of you had some commonalities in how you're actually organizing the work, more like the actual workflow. And you both talked about like priorities and blocking time for certain things. And I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about that because I think there's an art to some of that as well. Um, If you looked at my calendar right now, it would look like Tetris. (laughs) I try to block out time for so much and um, I move things around in a, a my own little system but there's an art to blocking time and prioritizing and and certain commonalities that you had between the both of you so Jessica you really had a lot to say um, about deciding how what you're going to prioritize Um, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about how that works for you yeah I mean fortunately I get to decide a lot of my priorities for myself is a great part of the autonomy that I have in my job um, but sometimes, obviously, um, other deadlines are set, and I have to meet those. I think the biggest thing about prioritization is being realistic about the person you are and um, the ways and time frame in which you can actually get stuff done. Um, I think there's a big pressure in our culture. We have a culture of productivity as Americans, actually. So it's always about how much you can get done. I think sometimes that makes us overcommit to things. So for me, when it comes to prioritizing, obviously urgency, um, you know, sometimes I judge when is a reasonable amount of time to get something to someone like turning around a small graphic, maybe that reasonable time is a couple days, like turning around a large plan, it may take a month. You know, I I need to be reasonable about about that and communicate the expectations. And I think, you know, when I prioritize, it's actually easier because I break those big tasks down into small ones. And and so it can seem a lot clearer. If you're making a plan, um, making a plan is an ambiguous thing, right? But if you take the, that I can prioritize to get done over, weeks maybe and then for me I have to prioritize the individual parts of the plan and and get that done and then leave space in my calendar for those last minute things um the thing that's how I do it just to chime in on what you're saying there the thing that has been kind of hard for me is not only it's been like I can understand how to break things into chunks but sometimes my mental block like I can't get 
into the habit of, um, or get really good at calibrating this, is thinking about how much time I'll actually need to process something. And that happens kind of naturally. You know, you just, like I said, I, I block things out and chunk them out, like you're saying, Jessica, based on when they're due. And if a time comes that I've planned to work on that task that day, but I'm not mentally there yet and just can't do it, I've got enough, I try to build in enough play time in the calendar where I've got wiggle room to punt it for a day or two to allow my brain cells to process it. I mean, it seems like we have so many deadlines, it's hard sometimes to build in, I think, that time to think and strategize. Yeah. I just write it down. I write down and think about it. And I know that for me, a lot of, like I, the way I work is I tend to think about things a lot and then I'm really productive in a confined part of time. So it may take me two weeks, but I may, the active time may be like three days, but I actually thought about it for two days. And even if you just write, think about this thing on your calendar, then you are treating yourself to get more and more in that place. And, And you probably, if you're like me, you probably are thinking about that thing and you have conversations throughout your everyday work anyway. It's just bringing it back down to make sure you're still on the path to get something done. Yeah, kind of triggering yourself to think about it. And I, I remember always a thesis, my thesis director in grad school who introduced me to the concept of fallow time that your brain needs to just kind of settle for a while. And you do a lot of subconscious processing that um, you, can, you can even think that you're maybe not thinking about it a lot. You know, although it's good to have those check-ins, like you said, but when you arrive to the point, you realize, no, I really, like, I must have been marinating on that. Well, so many people, you know, need to put in that time to walk away from their desk. Yeah. You know, we're so tied to the computer and all be able to just get up and walk around just to give, you know, to lighten the load in your head and then be able to come back and, and be productive. The, the challenge, I think, with that and even putting in things, sometimes I'll put in things in my calendar just as reminders um, to do something. And the problem with both putting in reminders and also putting in my like, whatever, time to walk, take a walk or whatever, is that it always gets bumped. Yeah. And so I don't, Jessica, you mentioned something about protecting your time. And mm-hmm. I just wonder, how do you fight the challenge? Because I don't do this very well. Um, what do you, what strategies do you use to to do that to protect your time? Um, certainly, it takes a supportive team to help you do that, um, and I mean that by one of the strategies that I approach is I have unless it's urgent, something you know, my world, something a feature is down, UBI, UBI itself is down. Um, you know, a high priority customer needs something to deliver, and that doesn't impact me as much. But um, I remove the urgency, and it's hard for me to do this. Like I, I don't jump on everything immediately, and I set that expectation for my team. And if I need something, I ask them days ahead of time. So I actually tend to um, buffer my time, and that's how I protect it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I. I know that I have three days to get this done, and if it gets down to the third day and it's not done, I really challenge myself about what is an actual priority because mm-hmm. the, the sense of urgency, I'm, I, I, it's so hard for me to convince people of this, but it's not there most of the time. Like, mm-hmm. unless, unless you are a doctor and someone is, it is life or death in front of you, 
just maybe you can take a breath. And I know it's hard to convince your colleagues of that, but if you just start doing the work and you're actually yourself, like I'm not going to cause a sense of urgency in someone else over something that's not urgent, you know, and I'll make sure that's clear. It's not urgent. Um, you start to pass that along the line and create that uh, expectation in your team. And you have to have the support to be able to say no. And I, that's a luxury that I know not everyone has. And, and so, Looking at you, you know, <laughs> Can you see my yeah, head I mean, bobbing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, we can say all, all day, like, protect your day. But for a lot of people, they feel like their day isn't their own. And I get that. And that's kind of a conversation you have to have with your manager. Like, Mara's saying, like, sometimes you have to walk away from your desk. And that's a healthy thing to do. And hopefully, you know, especially in UDA finance, we can have a culture and managers that will support that type of activity. So, you know, information, do your best. Be, be the model and uh, have conversations with people about expectations. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, and I really think that what you're saying is so true, Jessica, in that not only other people's expectations, but I think we're the, a big victim of our own expectations, like you said, understanding like what really is a priority, that things aren't as urgent as we make them out to be, um, and that I can hold myself accountable to deadlines that I've imposed upon myself that nobody else even knows about and then get stressed out about missing them. Right. And that throws a lot of my productivity and my work life in a swirl. And it really doesn't need to because you. I think you do have to get to the point where you can recognize what things are actually flexible. And one thing that shouldn't be as flexible as we make it is that self-care component, like taking a break to walk away, to think about something. Mm-hmm. Well, and you were just saying, you know, the self-imposed uh, deadlines, sometimes we're the worst, and then we create our own anxiety when, you know, we're trying to, you know, achieve and get it done, and it, it's okay if we took another day. And in fact, I think it's, it's better if it, it took another it's, day. Right, right. And um, I think, too, I, I really applaud Jessica what she's talking about. Um, I try to do this, too. With um, My position is so reactive. And one of the things I try to do when I talk to my colleagues is not have that sense of urgency, trying to, you know, but they realize because I'm calling that, yeah, we probably need it. I but know you I can, pay attention when you call me. <laughs> but I, I really feel as though if you can keep a relaxed people are more productive because mm-hmm. they're not in this anxious mode. Anxiety and, is a productivity killer. Right, it is. And I think, we and again, you know, if you're conscientious at all and somebody asks you for something, you're automatically going to put that on that, you know, as the person is the requester, you don't need to, you know, pile on. <laughs> right. Said, you know. Right. And so, well, so, you know, let's shift gears just a little bit for a second because I think about, like Patty, you said, you like to go take a walk and think about things. And Jessica, I think you mentioned, like, you you cue yourself to think about things and I'm sure all of us have had that moment or two where you wake up in the middle of the night and you think of something like or you have like some kind of breakthrough standing in the shower Mm -hmm. you know oh here's an idea here's what I should do or you know what would be great for this project is this um in how do you capture that like do you have any strategies for there, there's a notepad by the bed. There's a notepad the by the bed. <laughs> because you got to get it out of your head. Yeah. you got to get it out. Let's talk about a little bit more about that because that's one key thing that recurs in all time management and productivity management thoughts is getting those thoughts out of your head. 
um, it makes me feel better to know that everyone else's brain mm -hmm. has the capacity to lose those thoughts. Mine is like a giant colander. But yeah, when we were talking right before the the podcast, um, we were talking about getting things done. Mm -hmm. The book I'll link to by that David Allen. Um, there's a whole like he's he's built off of that book this whole system, getting things done system. Yeah. Um, GTD. Right, and they'll come in with consultants and all kinds of things. It's just a little overwhelming when you start thinking about it. But um, he talks about that very thing about, uh, and you mentioned this too, Jessica, about getting things off your, out of your head and just write them down so that it's not taking up that space in your head anymore. And so... I think that's important. I, it's another thing I don't do. I'm just <laughs> terrible. I'm terrible at all these things. Um, but um, and then another thing he mentions is that two-minute thing. If it takes less than two minutes, just do it, rather than put it on your list of things to do. Yeah. So, um, which I think is also interesting. I so. th I say, do it, but put it on your list so you can also cross it off. Yeah. <laughs> that feels good. That feels good. Yeah. It does feel good to the crossings off a list. I agree. But you know, so I think in getting things done, and I think he's probably revised this since I read the book the first time. But in getting things done, he talked about having note cards in your pocket all the time. Oh, like he carrying. Then you have to have a pocket. I know. <laughs> yeah, we're women. And, we and, got and, no and pockets. Your phone, your phone is priority is pocket. But <laughs> but now you know you take that into the electronic era and I do that a lot I mean I've got Trello on my phone and I've got just your notepad on your phone mm -hmm. you can even like write it with your finger um, but you can capture those thoughts at any time and as long as you go back to that and like put it put the thoughts with the project that you're working on somewhere like if you've got a file that you're keeping for this project make sure you get those is those thoughts into it as long as you're going back I think it's a great because then the thing you're not trying to remember it mm -hmm. it's not and it doesn't get lost but B then you can see all the stuff together because just having it in your mind and having had a conversation and having seen an article like you can't your brain can't put all that together unless you physically put it together and that helps you to really synthesize everything and you have maybe more of a chance of having those aha Mm -hmm. Let's move forward moments. I, I do this thing, um, and, and it, it's funny because uh, my husband's even cued into it. Um, I, I give myself some time, and I sit there with a pad of paper, and I call it my brain dump. <laughs> and it just it's and, it, and it's for me. And I just sit there, and I just go, and I just let my brain just kind of like flow, and I just write down, and I just make this whole list. And it feels so good at the end. And, and some of it I might not ever do, but. I put it down mm -hmm. and then I'll put it away and then like a week later I'll go look at it and say okay was any of that important that I really want to follow up on mm -hmm. so um, that's a good idea too yeah but 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 my my psyche likes it mm -hmm. so I keep doing it <laughs> so. yeah I definitely try to do that at, to, to build some boundaries between um, you know mentally between work and and the rest of my life which is, is really tough, I know. Um, I do that at the beginning, like on Monday morning, and I do it on Friday afternoon for work stuff. So I can walk away into the weekend, yep. kind of mm -hmm. let go of things. And it, it, you know, I don't always remember to do it, but it does work pretty effectively for me because I don't, I'm not gonna forget anything that I that I thought about. You know, I just write it down on Friday and look, and I, I honestly I don't remember it on Monday, so it's a good thing I did, but. Absolutely. You know, have any of you ever woken up in the middle of the night and 
um, emailed yourself something and then you get up in the morning and get to work and you're like, what, what is this <laughs> in my inbox? Thank you, 1 a.m. me. What does yeah. this mean? Um, but you but know, it felt good at the time, though. Yeah, you, you were, were able, able to, to go, go back to sleep. sleep. But I mean, exactly. that's the important part, yeah. Um, and Jessica, I liked something, and, and just to clarify for the audience, um, I asked a lot of people in UVA Finance for these ideas, and so a lot of people wrote back. So when I say that um, Jessica and Mara wrote something or they thought of something, that's what I'm talking about. But Jessica, you wrote something about um, the anxiety of having a huge to-do list. <laughs> and I really relate to that because at one point in my life, I, in my experimentation, I would have the written to-do list and I'd have stuff that was organized by like on fire, mid-range, and then like long-term. And the on fire list was always so long and daunting. Um, how have you managed for that? Because I, I really feel you when you say it's anxiety inducing, it is. Yeah, I think it goes back to like approaching yourself with compassion about what you can and can't do. And it takes a lot of cultivation to start to be, to say that I can't do that and not have any guilt over it. Um, like I can't, I'm not going to get that done today. Um, but then something that is a tangible tip that I do is that I've started to limit the number of things that can be on the list in any one day. And then, you know, I used to kind of put numbers to it, but it, that's a little too strict for me so I don't add things to an already full list on a day I either will bump it out a week or I'll put it on a list of things that need to be added to like the next week's planning um, and again it's not it, it takes it takes a lot of support from others and it takes a lot of time to get into the routine just to say no I'm, I'm not gonna do this and it, it's not because I'm a terrible employee it's just I'm not a superhuman um, but, you know, we all have those things we got to get done. And I think some days you can just tell people no. And, again, tough thing. I get it. It's just, yeah. It takes time and you have to build those relationships up. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, we have to look at our bandwidth. And so times like we so much want to succeed and, and, and make everybody happy we work with, but we have to look down and say, wait, we have limitations. Yeah, you know? and there's when you have those candid conversations with people who mm -hmm. are requiring tasks of you and say, okay, well, I got these five burning items. Right. <laughs> Which one really is the flame link yeah. Which one's going to explode? Yeah. If I, don't, yeah. Yeah. So, right. I mean, having that guidance and also like, um, like you said, Jessica, of saying okay i'm going to focus on these two mm -hmm. today these two got to get done the other two can wait till tomorrow right well and that's when you find out other resources sometimes there's other people on your team mm -hmm. you know and it's like oh well you have that going on well let me help you with this and you know so again it goes, you know it's like communication and mm -hmm. i think being honest with ourselves and saying you know and, and not feel like you're failing you know right. and i think that's the thing we all feel yeah. like if we can't get it done if we don't do this and i was very guilty of stacking the to-do list mm -hmm. and then also I'm still guilty I'm still trying to work on this about not really being realistic how long something's going to take oh, yeah. me you or know, I still haven't to, you know figured that out and this is going to turn into a confessional of our productivity <laughs> right, sense, but mine is I mean, go ahead Jessica I was going to say it's, I read this 
I can't remember what article it was, but it, it's this idea of part of managing up sometimes is asking for help from others to do, like Mara, like you're saying, to do things that either we don't have the bandwidth to do or outside of our expertise. And outside of your expertise doesn't mean that you could never do it. It's that you can't learn or do the thing in the time restraint. Correct. Right? Good, Good yes, point. Yeah. Most people, uh, most people, especially that we work with, are talented people that can do a lot of things if you give them enough time to learn it. But that may not be a luxury that that particular task or item has. So mm -hmm. um, that's tough. And if we're going to continue with the confessional of our greatest sins, huh. we talk and on the theme of talking about being realistic with yourself and how much time it takes to do things. Also be realistic about what you know about yourself. For instance, I don't know about you, but by the end of the week, I'm usually pretty fried, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, work life and home life and everything else means that by Friday I'm pretty tired. And I, although I do have that kind of time block schedule that I work with, some things that I know can be traded out and shuffled so that you know these are the things for the week and if I get them done by the end of the week. That's great. doesn't really matter when it happens. But I need to be realistic earlier in the week about what I shuffle toward the end of the week to accommodate other things because I have to keep in mind that by Friday, I'm not going to right. feel like writing some big mm -hmm. piece that's going to take deep right. thought right. or I'm not going to feel um, especially good at you know designing uh, website or something like that. I need something more mundane on a Friday. <laughs> and, and that's the same for some people. Like if, for, for me, if there's anything I need to really write or project, I try to do as soon as I get the emails done in the morning. Because in the afternoon, it's just, I'm not, I'm, my thinking's not that great yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah, and maybe, maybe you're different. Are you an afternoon thinker or a morning thinker? I'm a no-time thinker. <laughs> <laughs> Patty does not engage in thought. That's my confession. No, yeah. no I, I, it just depends on the day, really, for me. It's not the same each day. Some, some you know, I, I think I tend to work better in the afternoons for some reason, but I, I don't know. And when you said, Mara, you try to get into it right after you get the email, so much of our work is email-driven, mm -hmm. and that would be a podcast all on its own, like mm -hmm. how to manage email and your tasks. Can we Turn, have a podcast on that? I think we should. You turn off notifications. <laughs> we totally should. But yeah. I think about like that one task that you, are, you know either this day or this week has to be accomplished. Putting it off just for the sake of it being unpleasant not because you need to think about it, not because you're waiting till it's a good time to address the other party, not for any reason other than because you don't want to. Putting it off is a bad idea. Correct. Yeah. Green beans last. Green beans last. What did, and some people say, eat the frog. Oh, What is yeah. that saying? It's um, eating the frog is doing the thing that you dread yeah. the most first. Yeah, eat that frog. Mm -hmm. Get it choked. So the thing that you're like, oh, I really yeah. don't want to do that. Just do it and get it over with. Well, it's that anxiety burden. It hangs over your head if you yeah. know that you have to. I don't know what yeah. like call a faculty there, member who's angry. And, and, <laughs> how, and how I was, I was in the. Uh, uh, it was an organizing class, productivity thing, and it was green beans first, green beans last person. And there were people in the class who were green beans first, meaning they would eat. The mm -hmm. first, and it was like I, I was so much like, tell me how you do that because I'm the, I'm the green beans last. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna that's the thing them. you don't like. 
Right. The, okay. There are some people this out is there that would do well, you don't like green beans. The, well, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, but they would do it first. Are know? these green beans cooked with ham? <laughs> Oh, no, I think they're boiled to death. Oh, so no, no, okay. no meat fat in these no, greenies. So, no. so <laughs> could we switch a little bit and talk um, about actual physical organization, organizational skills so like, or, or um, ideas to, for example, let me just throw this out there. I have a hard time figuring out the best way to do like different meeting notes and things like that Mm. and um, I've tried some different things a colleague has this great meeting planner but and I bought two of them I spent $18 (laughs) on two meeting planner and it has like pages for meetings and my colleague loves this and but she she has to take they're not color-coded so she has to take little stickies and I tried that but all the stickies kept falling out and and it's really not that great of an organizational tool for me. It works really well for her. So I just wonder if you have any ideas about that. It would be fine if I had just one or two projects and so all my meeting notes were based around two things that I'm doing. But I have 10 different things or sometimes 15 different things. And Mm so I wonder if what your guys' strategy is to deal with doing that. And I personally don't like to take notes on my computer in meetings. It's just a personal preference. I mean, I know I could do that and then put things in different folders. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I love Office 365 for that, for mm-hmm. the notes function in Teams. Maybe I should just get more used to it. But, but, but there's something to me about writing something down. The friction that, of, of the pen to the paper like yeah. makes your brain function. It really more. does. For, and for me, I'm a visual, um, you know, I remember things more if I've seen them and just writing it on a piece of paper helps me remember that and so I just wonder if you all have any strategies that work well what I use because at any given time same thing I can have 15 or 20 things and then and then they'll also pause mm-hmm. you know and go right. back and I kind of I, I have the, the clean desk theory so basically when when I leave for the day there's nothing on my desk and it looks marvelous <laughs> I'm so jealous of it. well if one of the things and, and just to jump off for a minute the reason I do that is because if you have the piles on your desk for me it's very distracting because I will see that project or I'll see that and I'm like oh yeah I need to do that on that okay so I've just that's just taken up time in my head mm-hmm Okay, and it's not a priority at the moment. I really mm-hmm. need to be working on this other thing. So by having it off my desk in the drawer, in the folder next up, mm-hmm. I can focus on what I need and then go later. So you so have I, different folders for I different have, projects. They're actually clear project folders. Okay. So you can also just pick up the folder and see what the last thing was that you did on Correct. That. Ooh. Yeah, they have little tabs that I do, little post-it note tabs. They, they make them special for this. And... Um, so then you can like do a mini file for that and so then I have a today folder so before I go home for the evening I put on in everything that's supposed to happen for the next day and I do it in priority order so when I come in the morning I pull out my folder I set it on my desk and then I hit the first thing that's on the top that's unless a fire has come that I don't know about but Mm -hmm. that's that's my plan that's super cool so and then when it's done when I'm finished with that then I can make a permanent file for history and then I have something to go through. So, so like if there's events that I do before I figure this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you can so. write a book and put forth your theory and have a really right, wonderful retirement. So. 
I'm, I'm not fancy. Everything just goes in one notebook. I name and date every meeting. And I, I don't take extensive meeting notes. I take thoughts that I have from the meeting. Um, decision, sometimes decisions made. If it's an action item, I put it on a longer to-do list to schedule later, probably at that Monday or Friday brainstorm that I do. That's what I do. I just, I don't, I found personally for me, when I took a lot of notes at meetings, if it wasn't for the purpose of reporting out to people, I just, I never, um, I, I did not reference them enough for, to, to do that, so. For me, it was just an exercise to make sure that I was paying attention. Mm-hmm. Same here. <laughs> Actually, it's true. It's not, it's not so much that, but just a way of, you know, keeping engaged in the, in the meeting. So. so we've had a lot of um, really good thoughts. Um, and nowhere near have we covered every bit of the territory that there is to be covered with this topic. But I just I liked that we had some really good high points about capturing thoughts finding something that works for you, um, and taking the time to protect your brain, <laughs> I guess, to allow your your brain to do processing and to have thoughts, because you aren't some kind of automaton that can just like go switch from task to task to task and check through all of it. You're a human being um, that has ebbs and flows in their natural attention and productivity. Um, and Patty, I do think, maybe let's do something on email. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, we've had, some, when we asked for this feedback, we had some people who just responded about how they use their email to organize their day and their thoughts, and we really didn't even touch on this, like mm-hmm. how you interact with email or you don't during mm-hmm. your day, mm-hmm. and how you use the whole email setup to organize projects and next steps and I know for all of us probably everybody listening to email is a big driving force in how you organize yourself mm-hmm. so or don't yeah <laughs> oh and it's a big productivity suck as well yeah absolutely you know, a lot of time away and as clean desk as you are I try to be a clean email inbox mm-hmm. person like if it's in there it's because I still have something to do on it and I'm looking at you Patty because you're I know I know, I know, I know girl I know. Jessica, are you a clean inbox person? Yeah. Yeah. I've eased up a little just to be kind to myself, but for the most part, I am. Yep. I think that's maybe a good place to end. Yep. When we're talking about productivity, it feels like there's always another way that you can approach it. There's always another thing to try. Um, Sometimes it is about being kind to yourself. And if you like planner stickers or you like to write things in different colored glitter gel ink, that's me, Um, (laughs) to make the whole process productive for you or enjoyable for you, that's fine. Um, We will link to some of the theories and ideas like bullet journaling and getting things done that we've mentioned in the show notes. And we may return to this topic some other time if you've got um, some thoughts about how to stay organized, how to plan your work for a more productive week. I invite you to email those to either Patty or myself or tweet us at UVA underscore finance. But for now, I'm going to say thank you, Mara, and thank you, Jessica. Thanks for joining us. Um, You can read more about what finance is up to on the UVA Finance blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com. And until then, that's all for now. Until next time, do good work because what you're doing matters.